welcome to Monco Farm. I'm your host, John Bazaar. I am a professor of pharmacy practice here and the supporting sponsor of Monco Farm, ETSU's Bill Gatt, College of Pharmacy. Today we're going to talk about Cassiopeia, part two. Um, Cassiopeia, uh, as, as you may know, uh, was the mother of Andromeda and a queen herself in Greek mythology. Um, she was arrogant and vain, which led to her downfall, uh, or so says Wikipedia. So the way uh, the story, and this is not important to the study, but the way that th the story goes is um, Cassiopeia is queen, daughter Andromeda. She said, we are the most beautiful women in the world in the heavens. And this angered even, even more beautiful than the sea nymphs, which angered Poseidon, god of the sea. Uh, so he sent... Uh, apparently conflicting reports, uh, either a flood over Ethiopia where they lived or uh, a sea monster. Uh, so to, to appease Poseidon, um, uh, Cassiopeia chained her daughter Andromeda to a chair by the sea so she'd be swept away by the, the flood, by the, the waves, the storm. Uh, anyway, uh, apparently that, that that's not uh, what happened and uh, Andromeda got away and then Cassiopeia... Uh, was banished to the heavens, chained to the same chair that she chained her daughter to. And that is the name of the constellation, Cassiopeia, uh, which is um, uh, supposed to be a picture of a woman chained to a chair in the northern sky, I guess. Why they chose to name the study of Dared Timamab uh, after this vain and arrogant downfall, I don't know. But maybe it's relevant, maybe it's not. Just as a refresher, Cassiopeia was a randomized controlled clinical trial, originally part one was published in Lancet in 2019. Now, part one and part two, this is not just like a long-term follow-up. There's actually two randomizations here. So originally, part one involves um, kind of a European standard of care for induction for transplant-eligible myeloma patients, bortezomib, thalidomide, and dex, VTD, uh, not lidolidomide or revlimid like we often use here in the United States, compared to DARA VTD for four cycles, then auto stem cell transplant, then two cycles of consolidation, the same either VTD or DARA VTD. Okay, that was the first, that was part one. Okay, so basically an induction regimen, transplant consolidation with or without daratumab showed sizable improvement in progression free survival in favor of those who received daratumab. That led to FDA approval with that upfront setting here in the United States for, for DARA with uh, bortezomib, thalidomide, and dex. At the time, I was like, oh, this is interesting, but we don't use thalidomide here in the States, owing to the toxicities, the somnolence, uh, worse peripheral neuropathy compared to lidolidomide. Revlimid's kind of uh, our go-to imid up front here. Uh, now, part two was they took all those folks after they had their transplant, uh, and if they had at least a partial responsibility, they went into one big bucket, and then there was a second randomization to either observation until disease progression for up to two years, or daratumab every eight weeks until disease progression. Okay, so this is the report of that part two. So these all these folks had transplant, um, then they get re-randomized to either observation or daratumab. So, so so in essence, what we're looking at here is kind of four arms. There's no dara, then no dara, dara, then no dara, dara dara or no dara, no dara. Okay, that's kind of what it boils down to. Uh, there were about 540 people in each arm originally. Uh, about 100 were lost to follow-up, going towards randomization, to mostly due to disease progression. So we have 440 in each arm of this study, either getting observation after transplant for up to two years, or DARA, maintenance treatment, for up to two years. And now if you look at the efficacy, big picture of the part two, this is after transplant and maintenance versus observation, 
There's a hazard, hazard ratio of 0.53. Uh, pretty narrow confidence interval, too, of 0.42 to 0.68. P-value with three zeros between the decimal point and the one. So the curve looks great. Strongly suggests daratumab maintenance is better than observation. However, the group that did not benefit at all from daratumab maintenance was the group who received daratumab in induction and consolidation. Uh, so from at least from a progression-free survival standpoint, uh, you need, you know, if you get dara up front or in maintenance, you seem to do just as well for progression-free survival. Although if you look carefully at the PFS curves, it looks like patients do better from a disease control standpoint if they receive daratumumab up front and maybe don't need it in the maintenance setting, therefore. And now the overall survival analysis here is too soon. Um, however, in um, at least with, with part two, certainly. But if you look in the supplement of this, uh, they, they, they refer to this just briefly here, uh, but it does look like, uh, you know, there's, there might be an overall survival benefit for daratumab up front with uh, bortezomib, thalidomide, and dexahazard ratio. So this is looking at people all the way going back to part one, where their initial randomization to dara or not in induction. The hazard ratio is 0.54. It's impressive. Constant 0.37 to 0.79. Wider. No p-value report. So there's not a formal statistical analysis of this. Uh, and that's because you know, more than 80% of people in both arms are still alive, not even close to having uh, the, the number of events probably to see that, even though the confidence interval does not cross one, but they've already spent lots of alpha. If you look at the total number of people or percentage of people who have died, uh, those who got DARA up front, only 7.6 died compared to 13.5% who did not get DARA up front. You know, that's a that's a delta of like 6%. That's a pretty sizable number to treat uh, if you were to, to do the math. Um, so certainly looks more, this is another, you know, kind of uh, piece of evidence that daratumab up front is probably going to be beneficial to a lot of patients. Uh, from a toxicity standpoint, though, looking uh, specifically at part two, there were more infections with dara maintenance versus not 78% versus 64%, you know, so a pretty big delta. Um, and there was also a safety signal of um, secondary malignancies in those who were receiving daratumab. The authors say that, that there was 5% secondary malignancy with DARA versus 3% with maintenance, which doesn't sound like that big of a difference. However, if you actually do the math, it was 5.45% secondary malignancies on DARA versus 2.7% with uh, maintenance. So what they did is 5.45 rounded down to 5 and 2.7 rounded up to 3, which looks a lot closer. It looks like it's a, a delta of 2%, which is really a delta of 2.75%. It's a, it's a two-fold increase in secondary malignancies uh, with maintenance DARA. Um, in, in fact, there's an unfortunate 40-year-old man in this trial, 40 years old with myeloma, who had a secondary testicular cancer. Um, now, if you are uh, new to reading oncology trials, one thing that will be very helpful to you uh, if you're new to oncology is when a new study like this is published, if it's a big study, there is usually an accompanying editorial which gives you not only the appropriate context to kind of figure out what is the importance of this, but also gives you an idea of where to look for certain critiques of the literature. So there's an excellent editorial that accompanies this in Lancet Oncology uh, this week by Kapoor and Kumar uh, uh, who are at the Mayo Clinic. So they make four points which I'll recount briefly. One, they say, is PFS really appropriate uh, as an endpoint for maintenance, and we know DARA is very active. Okay, okay, maybe. Their next point I think is really, really great. Um, is is it ethical and appropriate, really, to have observation 
as the comparator here when we know that lidalamide, uh, which was approved in 2017 for maintenance after transplant, not only improves PFS, but also improves overall survival. Um, uh, they also point out that the discontinuation rate of daratumumab maintenance was 3%, which is lower than 10% seen in, in the lenalidomide study. So darat certainly is tolerated maintenance, even though it does have more infections, a little bit better than lenalidomide from the patient perspective. Still wait on quality of life data from this as well. Uh, their next point is the maintenance of every 8 daratumumab. Um, maybe that's too low. Maybe we should have given them weekly for a month or something or, or uh, and load them up with daratumumab before every eight weeks. And if you look at the PFS curves, you know, the folks who didn't get dare up front and then got darid maintenance, it took them a while until you started to maybe look like that that curve plateaued, um, uh, whereas uh, the other curves kind of dropped continuously. You can see this uh, when you look in, in the supplement. They have the four different uh, possible paths that you took. Uh, and three of the curves pretty much overlap. The no dara, no dara is far and away the worst arm to be randomized by. It looks for a while like no dara up front and then dara maintenance is not doing so good, but that, that plateaus and eventually uh, ends up uh, mirroring um, the, the dara up front, uh, either with or without dara as maintenance. The fourth point they make is about, you know, is two-year maintenance a fixed duration appropriate or should we do maintenance forever? I think it's a good question, but but certainly the, the, uh, the I think the key uh, critique here is is maintenance of observation here. Um, so so what, what's, I guess, the take-home point from all this? I, you know, I don't know. You know, myeloma is, a, is an art. You know, as I mentioned, there's a four-year-old patient in this study. A patient should be treated differently than an 80-year-old patient, and there are 80-year-old patients in this study as well. Um, and if you kind of start to mix and match, because we have all these drugs and combinations, you start to see a future, perhaps, where daratumab plus a proteasome inhibitor, maybe carfilzomib, although maybe bortezomib probably, uh, and imid, uh, thalidomide like in this study, or maybe lilidomide plus dex is your ideal induction. That's an intense four-drug induction regimen. Going to get more rates of CR, more MRD-negative CR, certainly, as we saw in this study. And maybe that projects to longer disease-free survival following transplant. And then as maintenance, if you get DARA up front, what the study shows us is if DARA up front, there's no role for DARA maintenance, um, but probably a role for lenalidomide maintenance, although that's not specifically studied. You're kind of mixing and matching data uh, benefit from one setting and one drug to another, which is kind of how we treat um, metastatic colon cancer to some extent. Uh, and, and how we do adjuvant breast cancer, too, to some extent as well. So there's precedent for that in oncology. Currently, uh, our favorite guidelines, the Category 1 induction regimen for transplant-eligible patients here in the United States is VRD. So bortezomib, uh, lilimide, and dex. Uh, DARA plus VRD is a Category 2A. And I am curious if the, uh, the esteemed sages uh, on those panels are going to try to, are going to move DARA up to a, a recommended uh, regimen. Uh, it would be hard for them to make it category one. I could see Dara, Velcate, Thalidomide Dex maybe being category one, but that's just me being silly trying to predict the future, which of course I cannot. Uh, so that is what I have for today. Uh, Greek mythology and Cassiopeia part two. Uh, Zanubrutinib got another approval for, uh, I believe it was marginal zone lymphoma, and there's a uh, mostly Burtonib, a new TKI for exon 20 mutated non-small cell lung cancer. It's got some funky drug interactions, a lot of QT prolongation issues perhaps from looking, uh, skimming the PI. Get more into those approvals uh, later on. Um, thank you for listening. You can follow me on Twitter uh, at PharmDeepDeep. You, you can follow the podcast on both Twitter and, Oncof, uh, and Instagram 
at OncoFarmPod. And until I talk to you again, remember, doses matter. Thank you.